What's goody? Welcome to Rant Podcast. I'm your podcaster, New the Mayor. I'm also uh, one of the founders and, uh, well, the founder and host of Kickback TV Live from Atlanta. And uh, also the founder and the host of Rant Podcast, which is Random As New Thoughts. I'm new, and these are my random ass thoughts. Today we're going to talk about um, Pusha T and Drake, because I got everybody going crazy. We're going to talk about the NFL and them trying to ban kneeling and their new um, policy against protesting during the flag a ceremony. And we're going to end it with LeBron's playoff run. Um, but we're going to get right into it. I don't like to waste a lot of time, because I know you got places to go and I got people to do. So... Pusha T released his uh, project, first project in three years. Um, and before it came out, Diddy, Kanye, Nas, all heralded this project as a classic. We found out last Friday that the project was only seven songs deep. Um, I like it. I'm not going to call it a classic. I'm going to say I really, really like it. I enjoy listening to it. I've always been a Pusha T fan. was a big fan of the clips. And um, I like the lane he's in. I like the lane that he stays in. You know, I like he knows what he does and he does it well. He's part of the best coke reference rapper of all time. To be the best any kind of rapper of all time, you got to be something special. So that's what I think of Pusha T. Nigga special. You hear me? Pause, normal, all that. But um, so he releases this project, Daytona. Releases it to controversy because one, it's the first good music project. And they have a slew of projects coming out in June. Uh, the Kanye produced the entire thing. So it's Pusha T, Kanye's project, Tiana Taylor's project, Kanye and Kid Cudi's project, and Nas's project. And all of those will have seven songs. Kind of interesting. So, we'll, you know, we'll see how that goes with that theme. But um, the six, the seven songs on Daytona, um, I like them. Um, like them a lot. Sound good in the car. The final track on Daytona is called Infrared. And it's a not so subtly uh, veiled threats, disses at uh, your favorite Cash Money stars, namely Drake, a couple shots at Lil Wayne, a couple shots at Baby. But the song is really aimed at Drake and ghostwriting and, you know, just all around being a cornball. So the thing that Pusha T was on Breakfast Club and Charlamagne said, you know, what you gonna do when Drake come back? You know, Drake will come back. And he was like, basically, I, I'm not, I can't battle with Drake. He doesn't even write his own shit. So he's not on my level to battle with. I can't spar with him. You know what I'm saying? I just said what I said about him, and that's just what it is. Drake didn't like that too much. So Drake hops in the lab, and less than 24 hours later, releases his own uh, response, diss track response record to Pusha T. And unless you've been living under a rock, you know that song is called Deppy, which is a Jamaican word for ghost. Being though it's Caribbean Festival weekend here in Atlanta, get a little mix a little bit of that in, you know. Um, so Duppy came out the Duppy freestyle, and um, Drake. I mean, he went in. I mean, think back to back. You know, saying like Drake went in. He didn't play around with it. The most surprising thing about the diss was the shots at Kanye. He starts the song by saying, you know, you rebuke me because I got help on a couple V's, meaning a couple verses. So what do you think about the nigga that make your beast? Because we all know that 
Kanye has ghost writers at times as well. And I'm pretty sure Pusha T has been one of them. Um, then Drake goes on to say that he's been ghostwriting for Kanye. And he referenced three different songs. I'm not sure if everybody caught it. But he said, um, God had to stretch his hands out to me for help. Stretch his hands or whatever is a Kanye song. Then he said he popped style for 30 hours. Pop style is a Kanye song. And 30 hours is a Kanye song. So I think he just named the ones he wrote. And 30 hours is probably one of the hottest Kanye songs over the last couple of years. So huh. Drake wrote it. Go figure. Um, he also went on to say that Pusha T, you know, was exaggerating. Like, you might have bought, sold drugs for Nikes and Mercedes to college kids. You might have sold drugs to college kids for Nikes and Mercedes, but you acting like you sold drugs for Pablo Escobar in the 80s. And he uh, referenced to uh, Pusha T's brother, Malice, who since uh, found the Lord and doesn't do drug rap anymore. Their whole, most of their whole crew got indicted, and they got big numbers. So they come from a legitimate, thorough crew. The thing is, what role did they play in that crew? And um, Drake goes on to say that Pussy T played a very small role. He said, according to your brother, your cousin was in it, and then he was in it, then you got in it. And he said, so you're not writing what you do, you're just writing what you knew, saying because he was always around it. I don't know if that's true or not. I know that um, he was involved in some portion of it. Um... But it's always easy to say, you know, you ain't sold as much drugs as you said. You ain't fucked as much business as you said. You ain't having as much money as you said because it's hard to prove that, you know. But that's the route Drake went. And um, he, he held his own. Uh, I, I have the battle tied at 1-1. But I give a slight edge to Pusha T because I know he wrote his own rap. I don't know that Drake wrote that shit. And now, you know, Puss, and he, Drake mentioned Quentin Miller and, and mentioned he got hoping a couple verses. And he said, y'all act like Quentin made me. I was helping him out because he was working at Kroger. And for those that don't know, Kroger's a grocery store here in uh, Georgia. Then Quentin Miller responded via Twitter and said it wasn't Kroger, it was Publix. And then took a picture of the Publix. So I thought that was funny that uh, Quentin, you know, they both were mentioning him as ways to diss the other. Um, so Quentin said, let me go in and jump in the fray. Um. Yeah, I'm always gonna take a point away from Drake because I don't know if he wrote his shit, and that's been my stance on social media. And a lot of people are saying, you know, we don't know that he that Quentin Miller wrote it." I'm like, Drake admitted it, nigga. Give it up. Get let the dick ride and stop. Drake said the nigga wrote for him. So how you as a fan gonna say, "No, he didn't. We don't know for sure." Nigga, Drake said it. So you can just shut the fuck up with your fanboy shit. I don't want to hear it. Drake said he did it. You shut the fuck up. End of discussion. Now, uh, one of Drake's female friends, I don't know what you call this people, like Beyonce got the beehive. I'm going to call them the, 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 the Aubrey hive. I don't know. Whatever we call y'all motherfuckers. Uh, one of the girls from that organization, <laughs> unofficial organization, came with my post. A singer that I had uh, do a hook for one of my artists um, maybe about seven years ago, eight years ago. She comes on and she's all mad and I'm going on Drake and da-da-da-da. And I'm like, well, I'm an MC and it's a code to it. Once you let somebody write some shit for you, you'll never be an MC. But Drake is a great artist. And Drake doesn't need to be an MC because Drake's formula works. So me saying he's not a real MC to me anymore kind of is irrelevant. That's my opinion. 
But she didn't want to let it go. And she uh, made a reference to, like, so that day when we was in the studio, and I helped you with your lines. Um, what she say? I helped you with your lines in the studio. I don't know what her punch line was. Basically, she said she helped me with some lines in the studio. And I'm like, what? I'm like, don't lie and don't disrespect me because I take that shit to heart. Like, don't ever disrespect me again. Whatever, that's what you say, bro. And I'm like, I'm not your brother, bitch. I don't even know you. I let you do it. My man asked me to, told me you could sing. I let you do a hook for my boy. You know what I'm saying? Then she can't get all mad about, and your studio wasn't fancy. Uh, uh, okay, all right. You were very happy to, you know, like, I don't even know you. You know what I'm saying? Like, it, it just was so funny how I say all that to say that Drake fans are aggressive. I was like, sheesh, you're aggressive. And like, Drake fans came to me today. I was like, damn. I, I felt like I was pushing T. But that's my thing. I, if you don't write all your lyrics, I don't respect you as an MC. And I don't think you should be battling. You should make hit records and party. Or make sad records and mourn. But you shouldn't be doing battle records that test your metal, that test your lyrical ability. That shouldn't be the land you're in if you have other people writing for you. Because the whole thing with ethos of being a battle rapper is I'm better than you. And you can't be better than me if somebody else helps you write raps. Uh, that's my take on it. Um, but I have the battle, you know, very, very close. Like I say, I think just based on the content of, this, of the music, I have it tied. But Drake loses a point because I don't know if he wrote that shit or not. And that's just that. And if you don't like it, it's really nothing you can do about it. <laughs> like I just thought about it. Like if you don't like it, go do this. If you don't like it, go do. It's nothing you can do about it. So um, disagree silently. You can't even send me a message. <laughs> it's not like the Facebook Live Zone where you can type us on kickback. You can't even type me. Just accept it. But um, I- I'd be interested to see what Pusha does. Pusha does need to come back. Drake came back in 24 hours. Pusha can't do a meat meal and come back a year later. Pussy can't do a, I'm so fancy, I don't have to respond. Nah, you jumped in the thing, you called him out, he responded. Pussy gotta respond. If Pussy doesn't respond, then Drake wins by default. Fuck that. And Pussy only got a couple days. It's the Memorial Day weekend. I give him, like, to the two, three business days. I give him to, like, Wednesday, Thursday or something. But he gotta come back. <sighs> Moving on, we have the NFL who uh, recently changed their uh, policy as it revolves, uh, as it involves or revolves or speaks to (laughs) the uh, kneeling. And I want to find this because I want to read it to you. I don't want to just say it. Uh, The uh, 32-member clubs of the National Football League have reaffirmed their strong commitment to work alongside our players to strengthen our communities and advance social justice. Bullshit. The unique platform that we have is created is unprecedented in its scope and will provide extraordinary resources and supportive programs to promote positive social change in our communities. Bullshit. Um, all team and league personnel on field shall stand and show respect to the flag and anthem. Standing is one thing. How do you define showing respect to the flag and anthem? And there was a military man who suggested that we need take a knee because taking a knee was the most respectful thing you could do to the flag. So it's, it's completely utter bullshit because Colin Kaepernick was just sitting down. 
And the Marine serviceman said, can you please just take a knee? Because that's showing deference to the flag, but it also still shows your protest. But they let Trump say that taking a knee was disrespectful. And because Trump said it, now they're repeating the same language. And now that's the narrative. Fuck the NFL. Um, personnel choose not to stand for the anthem may stay in the locker room or in a similar location off the field until after the anthem has been performed, which defeats the purpose of the protest. Um, a club will be fined by the league if its personnel are on the field and do not stand and show respect for the flag and the anthem. Again, show respect. I don't even know how you show respect for the flag. Um, what's the definition of that? Now, this is where it gets tricky. Each club may develop its own work rules consistent with the above principles regarding its personnel who do not stand and quote-unquote show respect for the flag and anthem. I don't know how you show respect or how you define that. The commissioner will impose appropriate discipline on league personnel who do not stand and show show respect for the flag and anthem. I don't even, we can't even define what that is. That's so ambiguous that it's like we don't even know really what that even means. I want to go through some comments that I saw online. The NFL is either totally tone deaf to the social issues players are kneeling about and clumsily navigating a change, a changing societal landscape, or they're a racist cartel who'd actually rather silence those voices in the name of commerce. Hint, it's the second one. And that's Van Slate and the guy that got Kanye West together on TMZ. I want to shout out New York Jets owner and chairman Christopher Johnson, who said he'll cover any of the players' fines should they decide to kneel during the national anthem because he's more focused on the social issues than he is on the flag. He's more focused on fixing the issues that we have in our country as opposed to silencing the players. So shout out to Christopher Johnson. I may become a Jets fan because my, my team owner, um, Jerry Jones, ain't said shit. So, yeah. I want to uh, read you a statement from Malcolm Jenkins of the NFL uh of the league, one of the players. What NFL owners did today was thwart the players' constitutional rights to express themselves and use our racial, and excuse me, use our platform to draw attention to social injustices like racial inequality in our country. Everyone loses when voices get stifled. While I disagree with this decision, I would not let it silence me or stop me from fighting. The national conversation around race in America that NFL players forced over the past two years will persist and we, will, and we continue to use our voices, our time, and our money to create a more fair and just criminal justice system in police brutality and foster better educational and economic opportunities for communities of color and those struggling in this country. For me, this has never been about taking a knee, raising a fist, or anyone's patriotism, but doing what we can to affect real change for our people. The fight continues. Chris Long, one of our John Brown's white NFL players, spoke up. This is fear of, di- of a diminished bottom line. It's also fear of a president turning his base against a corporation. This is not patriotism. Don't get it confused. These owners don't love America more than the players demonstrating and taking real action to improve it. It also lets you, the fan, know where our league stands. I will continue to be committed to affecting change with my platform. I'm someone who's always looked at the anthem as a declaration of ideals, including the right to a peaceful protest. Our league continues to fall short on this issue. Uh, Couldn't have said it better myself, man. This is just... Um, just excellence, man. Excellence.
Um, I also want to speak to uh, what happened in Milwaukee uh, a few weeks ago, which the NFL should be paying attention to. Uh, one of the Milwaukee Bucks players, and I'm trying to find his information, uh, was attacked by the police. I'll get it to you. I don't have it on me now. Was attacked by the police uh, for for parking illegally uh, at a Walmart. Uh, they attested that he was, you know, resisting and uh, causing a scene. But in all actuality, none of that happened. The player's name is Sterling Brown. The video was on YouTube and on the internet. The police officer was hostile. He exclaimed to uh, Mr. Brown, I own this. And he said, well, you don't own me. And we don't know what he was saying he owns. I guess the street, the corner, the neighborhood. They pepper sprayed him. They uh, put hands on him. They uh, didn't pepper spray him. They hit him with the stun gun. So they tased him, uh, roughed him up, and he's suing. And he said, I'm, he's suing, you know, based on sticking up, giving other people a voice. And he says he gave in because he didn't want them to pull their guns out. So he just didn't protest at all. He just, and, and Commissioner Roger Goodell, NFL owners, fuck boys. This is what the players are drawing attention to. Except when it doesn't happen to somebody that's famous, nobody hears about it. When the police uh, had me out in the cold, me and my girlfriend at the time, hands on the, the car with ice on the car, and then frozen car in the middle of the winter, and freezing I, my fingers off just because we were DWB. And if you don't know what that is, it's driving around black, me and my homie and my girl. And this was back in the early 90s, late 90s. So this isn't anything new. This has been a part of my reality my entire life. And I'm uh, 42. And I know it's been a part of everybody else's reality as far as African-American men in America. Um, the NFL got it wrong. There was a protest today outside of NFL headquarters in New York. We'll see what that does. Um, Shannon Shop has been very outspoken um, on this issue. I'm going to use my platform here at Rant TV, Rant Podcast, and on Kickback TV Live from Atlanta every Sunday at 7 on Facebook Live and on YouTube. Kickback TV Live from Atlanta is also on iTunes and everywhere that you can find your favorite podcast, including Rant Podcast. And I'm going to use every platform that I have to uh, speak out against this atrocity, this injustice. And um, we'll talk about it more next Sunday. I just wanted to make sure you guys knew what was going on and knew my thoughts on it. I think it's bullshit. And I won't be supporting the NFL this year. I'm a Cowboy fan. The Cowboys are coming here to Atlanta this season on November 18th. And I had every intention of going. Because I was hopeful that Colin Kaepernick would either and Eric Reed would get back into the league or they would get a settlement with their collusion case. But I had no idea the NFL was going to do something else. And I think maybe shame on me for not believing it. Shame on me for not thinking it. Shame on me for believing that they were sincere when they gave that $89 million. Uh, shame on me for thinking that I could get back to enjoying the game I love uh, without all the bullshit. But now I know I can't. So I'm going to continue to boycott the NBA, NFL, excuse me. And I continue to show my support to the NBA. Uh, speaking of the NBA, we are in the Eastern and Western Conference Finals. In the Western Conference Finals, Houston is up uh, three games to two. And they can knock off the Golden State Warriors, the returning champions, tonight. 
This is uh, Saturday. They can knock them off tonight if they win. They'll be without Chris Paul. They'll be playing in Oracle Arena in Oakland. I believe the Golden State Warriors will go down fighting. I believe Steph Curry will go down swinging. I believe uh, Clay Thompson will have a better game. I believe Kevin Durant will show up. And I believe Draymond will do everything to get the team ready as far as being the spiritual and emotional leader of that club. And I think that they'll get it done tonight. Uh, uh, Cleveland, LeBron last night lost Kevin Love in the first quarter for the entire game. And I thought that would be it. But LeBron James put on a damn show. He had four other players in double figures that showed up. And he put up 46 points, 12 rebounds, and nine assists. Uh, King James earned his name for sure last night as he led his team with them, put them on his back in an elimination game as he is done. And he's the leading scorer in elimination games in the history of the NBA over Michael Jordan. In the top four, it was him, Michael Jordan, and Kyrie Irving. No idea. The leading scorers when their team faces an elimination are Mike, uh, LeBron James, number one, Michael Jordan, and Kyrie Irving. I just think that's that's amazing to me. Uh, shout out to Kyrie, who isn't playing with Boston this year uh, due to injury. And they're also missing Gordon Hayward. But their young players have stepped up. Tatum, Jalen Brown, phenomenal. But not good enough as LeBron embarrassed them last night. To keep his team alive, the series is tied at 3-3. And he'll be going to Game 7 in Boston on Sunday, tomorrow night. By the time you, um, some of you guys hear this podcast, well, actually, I'm going to upload as soon as we're done. So this is right on time. I know some of you guys are listening to it a little late. Um, but um, LeBron's run is phenomenal this year. And if he can make it to the finals, I think that would be his single greatest accomplishment as far as making it to an NBA Finals. Greater than what he did all of those years ago with that uh, – Terrible Cleveland team that at least played good defense. I mean, he would have played the last two games without the second best player. And well, a team of role players have shown up just whenever they've wanted to, which hasn't been often. So this would be LeBron James' greatest feat as far as making it to a finals. And I think that if he gets to the finals with this group and he can pull off a win or two, this may be, without a ring, his most successful season. I bullshit you not. That's what I'm thinking. It's his greatest offensive season ever. He slacked a little bit on defense. But they lost Kyrie. Isaiah Thomas lost him. He placed both of them essentially with role players. And they won one less game this year than they did last year with Kyrie. And with that team that won, that beat Golden State, came back from a 3-1 deficit to beat Golden State in the finals. Um, that caliber team was dismantled pretty much. Uh, and they were able to win one less game with LeBron playing out of his mind this season. I believe that LeBron will win in Boston on Sunday. I believe Golden State will win the next two games to beat Houston. And I think we'll have a repeat. I think it'll be, once again, Cleveland and Golden State. But for the first time in a couple years, the odds don't say that. The odds say it's going to be Houston and Boston. Let's see if I'm right and I beat the odds. Um, I've been known to be called a Nostradamus, so we shall see. 
But I want to thank you guys for tuning in to Rant Podcast. Um, I wanted to definitely address Pusha T and Drake. Pusha T, you got about three, four days to respond, baby. That's it. NFL, the boycott continues until you motherfuckers get it right. LeBron, celebrate. let's celebrate LeBron. Watch these games. Watch King James. This may be the last game he plays with Cleveland if they lose. But it's been a special, special run. And I'll end it with set TV. I just canceled my Xfinity television. Um, I kept the internet service, and I had set TV, which is $20 a month. And you get over 500 channels. Um, I did the free one-day trial last night. Woke up this morning, canceled Xfinity TV that quick. And now I have every channel I want. Um, So looking at set TV, Google it. Everybody trying to cut the cord with cable, Google it. And I also made them discount my internet service. So I got cheaper internet and better TV and uh, saving about $60 a month. So I'm going to supersize my fries tonight. Actually, I'm not because I don't eat that crap. I haven't eaten since this morning. I'm fasting. It is the month of Ramadan. I'm not babbling. I'm just giving you guys the, the, the rundown as I get up out of here. I'll be breaking my fast in an hour and a half, and uh, we shall see. I'll see you guys uh, next week on the next episode of Rant Podcast and the next episode of Kickback TV Live from Atlanta. Uno, I'm out.